We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. And a great Saturday morning to everybody out in Packer land. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your 24-7, 365-day-a-year Pack-A-Day Podcast. It is Saturday, February 2nd, 2019. And right now I'm still waiting for the Groundhog to see if he's going to see his shadow or not on this day. But I tell you one thing, I've been on Twitter the last couple of days and I have seen unbelievable temperatures I've seen negative 31. I've seen bars closed in Wisconsin, which is something I never hear about here. And I know that my partner in crime, uh, Mark Eckel from BobAgainFootball.com, joining me now, uh, will have something to say about that. By the way, I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com. Mark, uh, what's your thoughts on this whole polar vortex? I mean, we're seeing Wisconsin bars being closed. I mean, that that never happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a, you know, I, I'm not real familiar with that but uh that must, it must be cool like i mean hey let's, that's why i moved out of the northeast and i'm living in south carolina now i i hate the cold i, I want nothing to do with it god bless the people up there it's it's i'm cold here and it's about 40 so i mean uh, yeah it's cold it's cold everywhere in the country right now all right but uh, one thing that has stayed hot right now has been the piping hop news of the packers coaching signing so we're going to get into that a couple of big ones are happening a possible special teams candidate is in the making 
All right, but we got Super Bowl 53 coming up. Patriots, Rams, and no stranger to it is the Green Bay Packers, of course. I mean, we talk about Super Bowl 1, 2, 31, and 45. Mark, of those four Super Bowls, what kind of memories do you have of those? Okay, as well, the first two, <laughs> I was, I mean, I'm old, but I, I was a little, I was very young then. Uh, I mm-hmm. do remember watching them, though. I remember, um, I remember one. I was real little, so I mean, I, I I remember being all my dad, and my uncle watching the game and talking about it being, you know, the first time it was the first one, so it was like kind of big. And um, there was no way the Packers were going to lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Bowl two, I remember it, you know, because it was Lombardi's last uh, game as a head coach. So that was that was if I remember again. I was little. I remember um, again. I, my memories of those early ones are. Of what my, I heard my, my my dad and my my uncle talking about, yeah. Um, and I think I told you this before. My my uncle Joe was actually friends with Vince Lombardi. Yeah, you did tell me about that. Uh, yeah, so I mean that, that that's kind of how I became a Packer fan was because of hearing my uncle just talk about Coach Lombardi this, and Mr. Lombardi that. And, okay, <laughs> if, he, if he knew him and he sounded he talked up he talked about so so highly, you know. But uh, so that was you know that, again that's young now more into the. The modern era, um, the the Favre Super Bowl. I'll, I'll call it the Favre Super Bowl. Um, right. That was just so as a as a kid, you know, having those early memories, Lombardi, all that. But then going through all those bad years, all those, you know, NFL wasteland years. Yeah. The, the, the Lindy and Fonte, you know, Dan Devine and George Greg. Oh, you know, just hoping to make the playoffs, not even think about going to a Super Bowl, just hoping to be a, you know, have a winning record and, and all those bad years to finally get to that, to that point. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to beat the Patriots and Desmond Howard with the incredible game that, that he had to become, you know, I think he's still the only special teams player to ever win MVP in the Super Bowl. Yes. Um, so, I mean, you know, that, that was almost like so emotional for me. And, um, just to see them finally win, and and and, and they had built it up. You know, they made the playoffs under home room, and then won a you know they won a playoff game, lost second round, uh, got to the NFC Championship game, lost to the Cowboys. So they they they, they actually they did it the old fashioned way, you know, step by step. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen any any anymore now. It's like it's boomer bust. But um, that so that one was just that was incredible. That was just an incredible feeling. As a Packers yeah, fan, it really was. Them win that game. Then the, the Aaron Rodgers. And again, I go. I called the Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl. <laughs> that was a crazy year because if you remember, and you're now now I'm talking. You where you're old enough now, right? You remember that one? Oh, definitely, definitely. I actually remember uh, when I was in Fort Worth with my father and my uncle, and we were at the ESPN Zone in Fort Worth that day, and I got to see Mike and Mike, and I was in the audience, and I saw right to my right side. The late great Pat Summerall being interviewed, and you know we also met Colin Cowherd and all this kind of stuff, and it was just an, an incredible moment um, to be part of when it came to Super Bowl Forty Five, and then you know what happened in the game as a whole. But but that year, if, I mean, if you remember, like I started saying, they needed they had they barely made the playoffs, like they. Yeah, they needed they to, had be, to beat the Bears the last game and, and the Giants. Some things to go the week prior mm-hmm. went their way, so they were a team that you know they got in. I didn't. I, I the the Favre year, they were number one seed. You kind of thirteen and three. This is the year we build it up. Okay. Dallas isn't as good as they were. This is the year the Packers are going to go. 
And nope. that year, I was kind of happy they got in. Um, you know, they, they beat the Eagles in the first round, upset the Eagles. The Eagles were, you know, three seed. They knocked them off. Then they're going to Atlanta. And I'll be honest, I'm, I rarely feel this way. I usually think the Packers are – I'm not always right, obviously, but I always think they're going to win. <laughs> I didn't, I remember looking back then thinking, I don't know if they can beat Atlanta in Atlanta. That's going to be tough. You know, it, it, Atlanta was pretty good that year. They were top. Mark, seed. they were the top seed. They were fourteen and two. They brought back old man John Abraham on the defense. They had a good edge rusher. They had yep. Kyle Shanahan as a coach in there, coaching up that offense. They had weaponry all over the place. I mean, that was their year to make it. Where they, they're generally pretty good. Yeah, at the Georgia yeah. Dome. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just thought that was going to be – I just thought, I don't know. Uh, but, hey, they made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. And they, not, and they killed them. They, they, I mean, the game was over at halftime. And I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and then and then I thought, you know, and then they beat the Bears, which is always good to beat the Bears. And it's a championship game. And Knocking out Jay like, Cutler. You know, and that team, if you remember that team, too, half the team was on injured re- reserve that year. Yeah, so over we had over fourteen players alone on the IR. I mean, we had to the point where Josh Bell was on the team. So I mean, that, so that's 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 the memories of of that one is you know just the whole adversity that it struck that team and overcoming being a six seed and getting so that was that was fun. I mean, they're all fun. They're all great. But, yeah. Um, you know that that's that's what comes out of each one. For well, me. now let's real real quick before we get into assistant coaches, I got to bring this up. Sure. Uh, who's in the Super Bowl tomorrow? Patriots and the Rams. Patriots and the Rams. So they're the two best teams in the league, right? Patriots and Rams. To the NFL, yeah. yes, they are. If, if memory serves me correctly, the Green Bay Packers, who everybody says is a bad team, seven and nine, <laughs> this, that, our team, really gave both of those teams all they could handle. They did. But a, a play, take, a play here or there, would have beat both of those teams, right? It all fell down to coaching, though, too, and well, whatever. Well, the coach is gone. So yep, the coach um, is gone. But I mean, you're right. They did. I mean, it is, got to a point where it was it was Lambeau Field in Los Angeles, and then at Foxborough, one of the toughest places to play. We took them to the end again, just like we did when uh, Matt Flynn was there and Rogers got hurt that year in 2010. And yeah, that was a Super Bowl year. I'm and, saying, but my point is, okay. Everyone- Everyone who tells me how far away the Packers are and their roster is terrible and they need this, they need that, hundred different things. If if an idiot doesn't take a take a ball out of the end zone on a, on a kickoff, they might. I'm not saying they would have beat the Rams, but they would have had a very good chance to beat the Rams in LA. Mm-hmm. Special teams single handedly lost lost that game for them. But the yeah. punt that went out of bounds the one it led to the safety that turned the whole game around, and then you know then the stupid Montgomery taking the ball out of, out of the end zone. So. <laughs> They could, and then New England went toe to toe, and again, it was a, his only fumble of the season. Aaron Jones' is only, maybe his only bad play of the season. Happened, he fumbled. I mean, he, he has a first down and ends up, mm-hmm. and he gets stripped, and that turned that game around. So I'm, all I'm saying is, don't think the Packers are that. Are they ready to go to Super Bowl? I'm not saying that. I'm saying if these are the two best teams in football, which they are. The Packers aren't that far off. Give me a good draft. Give me a couple good free agents. Hopefully, Matt, Matt Lafleur is, is does well as a as a new head coach. And I think next year we'll be saying a lot of different things than we did this year. Some, I mean, and I think you're right about that, Mark. Because just some of the hires that I've been watching and looking at some of the resumes that these new coaches have coming in, as we'll dive in here, 
uh, on this edition of Pack-A-Day. It's very interesting how detail-oriented they all are and how experienced and successful they've been you know, with some of the some very good coaching staffs in the past. And we'll jump into that. Uh, really quick here, I'm just going to throw out just a couple of memories. So Super Bowl one. look, I've watched tons of old NFL films footage. I've watched Super Bowl one from beginning to end when the NFL Network played it. One of my favorite moments had to be Dave Robinson absolutely destroying Mike the Hammer Garrett on a run play in the first half that pretty much sank the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl two, taking down Daryl LaMonica and the Mad Bomber pretty much himself. And Super Bowl 31, uh, Favre, of course, throwing his helmet off. First touchdown of the game to Andre Risen across the middle. And Super Bowl 45, my favorite, Kevin Green, linebackers coach, comes up to Clay Matthews on third down and says, it's time. And then Rashard Mendenhall costs up the football. Packers get it back. They win the game. Those are just some of the memories that I have uh, for the Packers with Super Bowl. Now, if out there to the audience, if you have any thoughts or any Super Bowl memories that you want to share with us on Twitter, please tweet us at at Packaday Podcast, at Jake Turner Sport, or at Mark Eckel08. And we will definitely talk about memories because we could talk about it for days here, but we're on kind of a time crunch here. So let's jump into the latest news with the Packers and some of their coaching hires. The latest one has been. And first off, I want to bring this up really fast here. But getting Mike Smith and getting Kirk uh, Olivia Dottie from the Redskins and the Chiefs was a blessing in disguise because finally it feels like we're going to have that that power, that old school edge rushing kind of capability that the Packers have been missing for quite some time. And we talked about this too, Mark. You believe this, that Mike Patton actually feels like He's had a say in some of these hires. Why do you think that? Well, I think he has. I mean, there's no doubt he has. I, I think LaFleur uh, trusts Patton. I mean, he kept him, obviously. So that, mm-hmm. that, said, that spoke volumes right right there. That he, Smart you know, he to keep him on as a defense coordinator. And um, if you just see the guys he's hiring, they're guys he either knows or worked with or, um, you know, fits what he wants to do. Um and, and he kept Montgomery as a defensive line coach, and I thought I applaud that that move because I think brilliant. You've seen what the things he's done. Kenny Clark has got has turned into a great player under his uh, guidance. Um, a kid like Tyler Lancaster, on drafted free agent rookie last year, you know, um, looks like a pretty good player. I mean, looks like a guy. Yeah, that, I'm I'm really glad you brought you up know, Tyler Lancaster. Be a, be a, a, more than just a serviceable backup, I think I think you can see. I think you'll see more and more out of out of this this young man from Northwestern. Um, so anyway, Montgomery's good, and I think Smith and Oliver Dottie. Oliver Dottie, I remember his, his his dad as a as a coach with the uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of coaches' sons on this staff. The offense coordinator uh, Nathaniel Hackett, his dad, of course, Paul Hackett, who you know, a West Coast offense pioneer back in the day. You know. Uh, so there, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of it's 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 a, it's an interesting staff. Uh, there's no big big crazy you know hype name on the staff, but like you but like you said, a lot of guys that are teachers, you know, attention to detail and very young. And very that's young what I like, staff. Mark. On offense, they're all in their thirties except for Ben Sermons, who they they kept as a running back coach, and he's only forty nine. It's not like he's sixty eight or something. I mean, he, so it's a it's a young it's a young coaching staff. Um, and I think in today's game, 
Um, now again, Bill Belichick is older; he's still the best. But yeah, um, <laughs> you you look at the Rams and, and Sean McVay and that staff, and, and and not that the Packers are copying the Rams by any means, because you you have to have your own identity. But I, I just think today's players relate more to younger coaches and younger ideas than they do to the older past, you know, old school kind of thought. So we'll see. Hopefully it works out well. And, and like I said, next year at this time, we're, we're talking about the Packers playing in a game, not just, you know, memories. So latest hire was uh, Elvis Witt, uh, Witten from, uh, I remember him when he used to play with Jacksonville back in the I day with, uh, with the likes of Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell. And I, I remember that guy very well. And then his last season was with the Raiders. I know that. But the one thing that really got to me was his experience at Colorado State and some of the guys that he has already trained to the point where uh, Mike Bobo, the head coach of Colorado State, very well respected in that area, said that this guy is a mentor, he's a teacher, and this is what they need. Because when you got guys like Rashad Higgins and Michael Gallup, who were Fred Bolitnikoff's uh, finalists, as well. And then you got this stud last year, uh, still in school, Preston Williams, 96 passes, 1,345 yards. You got that guy as well. Just imagine, Mark, what he could do with Marquez Valdez Scantling, Jamon Moore, Devontae Adams, and Geronimo Allison when he comes back from injury. I actually really like this hire, and it's not a sexy hire at all. And that's what I really like. No, I think he's going to do a good job. He played in the league again. He's not that old. He's a, you know he's a, he's a young man. He played in the league. That's you know from all my years covering teams, I remember like you know guys that played in, and it, it shouldn't be this way, but it, it just is. Players relate more to guys who played in the league. Deuce Staley with the Eagles, the running backs coach now with, with, with the Eagles. I I, I covered Deuce as a player. Never in a million years thought he, he'd be a coach or, he, or would even want to be a coach. And he's same way he, he laughs about it sometimes um, but he's become a very very good coach and a lot of it is because players a they they trust him they know he's been through what they're going through so he can re- relate to their their needs and 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 what they what they need to hear sometimes um so yeah i i like a guy like i was with it who like i said um, you know he did play play in the league for a long but wasn't a star which is good too because mm-hmm. star players sometimes don't know what what the average player thinks because they're a star. They they, they get treated differently. They have different thoughts and ideas. So, but a, you know, a, a, a guy that played in the league nine years was was like you said a good, you know, decent player. Played you know, worked, played with other played under some good players. Uh, I think I think he'll do a nice job with the wide receivers. Um, it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting. It's like I said, a very young. Um, Detail-oriented staff. Now, Matt LaFleur also brought in somebody that he knew back in Atlanta, and his name was Justin Outen. Outen used to be an offensive line coach, then he started becoming an assistant tight ends coach. What does What is it about that guy that really makes this tight end position so interesting? Well, the position's interesting in, in itself because you don't know who's... I mean, it, it looks like they're going to bring Jimmy Graham back. Yes, it does. Yep. Um, they have the the, the the Tanya kid who they're you know I, I guess they'll bring him in again, give him another long look, and uh, see if he get if he's gotten better. But I think they're gonna I think they're gonna spend a relatively high pick. I'm not saying first round, but maybe second 
on a tight end, maybe bottom of the first. You don't know. See how to see how to how the board falls. But um, I, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll have a a, a rookie, a, a you know, a high caliber rookie tight end on the roster as well. Now, I don't I don't know much about Jason Allen other than, than what you just said. He worked in Atlanta. Um, Lafleur knows him pretty well. Again, he's young. Um, so yeah, that that's that's another another. And the long line of what they're of what they're looking for: young, detail-oriented, teaching-type coaches. Um, and we'll see how he does. I mean, his his job's going to be to get the young guys, you know, acclimated to the NFL, and to get Jimmy Graham back to what you know. I don't think it'll be the Jimmy Graham that he was back in the day. He's older now, but just to get you know Graham involved in his offense more. You're listening to the Pack-A-Day Podcast, a Saturday morning edition on February 2nd, 2019. I'm Jake Turner of PackersTalk.com. Joining me is uh, Mark Eckel, my partner in crime of BombAgainFootball.com. We're talking Super Bowl memories. Uh, we're talking about the latest hires. And another one that is starting to come to interest here because he has experience in this. Uh, special teams still have not made this move yet. Uh, Darren Rizzi, the Packers decided not to hire him, but they had Wes Welker in as an interview candidate. He has experience on the special teams. Is that a possibility for Green Bay? Now that would be sex. That, that would be. <laughs> and maybe they maybe they were saving it for that. I, I think I would like that to be honest with you. I think I would like a Wes Welker as as a special teams coach. I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Maybe he might he might come in as a lower level assist. I don't know. I mean, they did talk to him, like you said. Um, I heard another name for special teams coach. I can't think of it. It's, it's, uh, he, he worked with Mike Patton for some reason. Uh, Sean Menenga? Yeah, the guy that worked in Cleveland under, under Patton. Yep, uh, assistant and, special and teams coach, coach last seven seasons for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, for him, again, if they like him, I I don't know. I don't know who's going to be. It's hard to tell. It's, it's hard to say who's going to be a good special teams coach unless you're really, I mean, you've got to interview him and all that kind of stuff. Um, again, I, I go back to my Philadelphia days. I remember when the Eagles, um, Eagles special teams were awful. Maybe not quite as awful as the Packers were last year, but they were pretty mm-hmm. bad for a long time. And they hired a guy named John Harbaugh as their special teams <laughs> coach under Ray, Ray Rhodes. Ray Rhodes was last year and he hired John Harbaugh. And I remember interviewing Harbaugh when he got the job and walking away saying, hmm, I don't know if, the, I, you know, I, I can't Honestly, say the Eagles special teams are going to be a lot better because, it's, it, again, eventually it all comes down to the players. You, you can have the greatest coaches in the world. If the players aren't good, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, you can, a coach can make a player a little bit better, but you can't do it for him, you know? So, I, but, but I remember walking away saying, I, I, again, I don't know how much better Eagles special teams are going to be, but this guy's pretty sharp. This guy's going to have him in the right place. This guy's going to have the right players out there. This guy's, I walked away from my first interview with John Harbaugh, very impressed. And, you know, needless to say, John not only became a good, a great special teams coach, but a pretty darn good head head coach as well. So, um, and received and that. Guy, no one knew John Harbaugh when they hired him. I mean, all we knew about he was Jim Harbaugh's brother at that point. I mean, he was a college coach, um, not even a major. You know, not not like a Alabama. You know, he, I think he came. He was working Cincinnati. Um, you know, other small colleges. Um, his claim to fame was that his his brother was a first round pick. And Mark, I'm I'm so glad that you you bring up John Harbaugh because it just feels like with some of these moves that the Packers are making, 
They're no-namers, but they have very good resumes, and the media doesn't want to talk about it, and I think that's what really helps Green Bay going forward with that. Speaking about that, something interesting came up, and I had to talk a couple of people off the off the railing and tell them to come back down. It's going to be okay, but it looks like the Packers are going to pick up the $5 million roster bonus for Jimmy Graham. Now, brand new tight ends coach in there. You got a different voice. You got a different feel in the locker room right now. Why are the Packers giving Jimmy Graham one more chance? Is it money or is it his experience? Yeah, I mean, number one, you can't you can't solve everything. Now, like I said earlier, I think they're still going to draft a tight end mm-hmm. going forward. And they is, should. And this is a very good tight end draft. Um, so why wouldn't you draft a tight end in a, in a, in a draft that's very deep at, at that at that spot? Draft two um, if you want to. But, but getting back to Jimmy Graham, I mean, he didn't have that. All right, did he have the kind of year people hoped and expected that he would have had? No, he did not. And he was the first to say it. But the whole offense was was off was off kilter this year. No, nobody on offense really had a great year. So I mean, it, you, you can't just put lay all the blame on on Jimmy Graham. Um, but it's too. But it's so easy, Mark. I mean, that's the thing in today's society and our outraged society. People want to just say it's Jimmy Graham's fault. That's why the Packers are terrible. You know, there were so many different reasons that this team was yeah, bad. So why not, I mean, I don't want to go with. I think a, a, a tight end room of Jimmy Graham, a high draft pick, and this Tanya kid is fine. That's good. And you have yeah. for another year. I don't, I don't, again, I don't, no matter what happens, if, if they do draft a tight end high and he turns out to be pretty good, I don't expect Graham to be here in 2020. And who knows, maybe, but I mean, there's no, I mean, how, how can I, there's only so many needs that can be filled through, through an offseason. Yes, and, um, and that's, that's it, something it, that it, fans are going to, they're going to have to understand that. I mean, you're going into the, 2019 season, if you say, okay, adios, Jimmy Graham, but okay, all you got is Tanya in that. And that's yeah. that's not going to help you. That puts too much no. pressure on the tight end position now. Now they might draft not just one, but two possibly. And that could really ransack it. You need to have that veteran in there to help certain young players be better. Benjamin Watson for the Saints is a great example. Still yeah. a very good player. But he has helped out the likes of Kobe Fleener and Josh Hill to really recognize their potential going forward. And if you have that guy and you can make Jimmy Graham into that guy, it could really be great for Tanya going forward and then whoever they decide to draft as well. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, listen, you can't, yeah, you can't go in. I don't, I mean, I, you can do anything you want, but if you want to win, if, if you're a team that you feel, you know, you're not a rebuilding team, you're a team with a, with a, a 30-something, 35-year-old quarterback and, and a veterans all over the place, I don't want three unproven tight ends on my roster. Me neither. You can't. I mean, I don't, I don't want. I don't want unproven. The perfect team, a team that wins, a team that that does that that is successful, always has a good blend of veterans and young guys. You you can't be too old in places either. So I think that Jimmy Graham, a, a, let's just use a name, you know, mm-hmm. Ir, Irv Smith from Alabama. Let's just throw his name in there. And Robert Tanyan. If Tanyan again, Tanyan has done. He had a good training camp. He really was invisible during. I mean, again, it wasn't his fault. He was hardly used. The one time he was used, he made a nice touchdown catch. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that you know he can become a good, a good NFL player. But, but those three together, 
I could live with that for for you know I'm just saying I don't and I think I think I could be wrong. Um, in Matt Lafleur's offense, they, they, you're going to see a lot of multiple tight end sets. Am I not? And, and Jackson and, and Hackett too. Both of them in Jacksonville and in Tennessee have used multiple tight ends. So you're going to see two tight ends on the field a lot. I think. This is the Pack a Day podcast. I'm Jake Turner at PackersTalk.com, uh, along with Mark Eckel of uh, BobMcGinnFootball.com. And Mark, so now, one day away from Super Bowl 53, got to do this really fast here, just in about, I don't know, a sentence or less. Tell me who is going to win on Super Bowl Sunday. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go with experience. Okay. Both, you know, Brady and Belichick over two young guys in, in McVeigh. I, I think the world of McVeigh, but... You know, it's, 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 it's a pretty big stage for him now. Same with Jared Goff. Um, you know, experience matters a little bit, I think. I think it's going to be a great game. I hope it's a great game, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the Patriots in a, in a, in a squeaker. I'm going to go upset, and I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to stick with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I think Sean McVay has really done a great job, and I know that everybody wants to say, oh, the Saints should be in it. But the fact is, they were still able to win. They were still able to outcoach Sean Payton in the last two minutes, get in overtime, and take a risk-taking 57-yard field goal by Greg Zerline. I think it's going to come down to either two scenarios. Either one, Tom Brady's going to have the ball with two minutes left to go and command a a victory, or Jared Goff is going to be able to get into field goal range and Legatron is going to seal the deal and give Tom Brady his fourth Super Bowl loss. But we'll find out. I think it's going to be a great game. That's all I want as well. And we'll see what happens. And then, Mark, guess what? Dead zone of sports news. But then we get into the nitty-gritty of Packers talk when the free agency period opens as well. Can't wait. I can't wait either, Mark. All right, we'll talk to you in uh, the next couple weeks. Enjoy the game. And uh, I'll talk to you then. All right. That was Mark Eckel, BobAgainFootball.com. Always bringing up knowledge, always having a blast here on Pack-A-Day. I love doing this. It's so much fun. And I just and one thing that we, me and Mark, we always talk about this a couple days in advance. We're getting the time set up. We're talking about the storylines. This is the kind of stuff that you won't hear on any other Packer podcast. Not even an NFL podcast. Nobody cares you know, what the Packers are doing for hires and coaching and all this. We want to bring something different to it. So, you've heard what we said. Now it's your turn. So go to at Packaday Podcast. Find me at at Jake Turner Sport, at Mark Eckel 8 And give us your Super Bowl memories. Give us your thoughts on the new coaching staff. Why is Jimmy Graham coming back? We want to hear from you because that's why we do this for the Packer fan base. Now, remember, please stay warm in the polar vortex. Let's get those bars opened up again in Wisconsin. And... Uh, And the three greatest words in the Green Bay Packer Dictionary is Go Pack Go. For Mark Eckel, I'm Jake Turner. This was the Pack-A-Day Podcast on Saturday, February 2nd, 2019. And the three greatest words in the Green Bay Packer Dictionary is Go Pack Go. Enjoy it, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Third down and eight. Packers are three of eight on third down conversions. Now gets the snap. Tight pocket. Lost it down the left side. Adams leaping. Oh, what a catch. Right over Principal Gamora. Out of bounds. 20-yard line of Chicago. That was an incredible leaping grab over the defender. Long count by A-Rod. 
takes. Handoff Williams around the right end. Makes the turn to the five. End zone. Touchdown. Oh, they got great seal blocks off the right side. And outside the numbers. Jamal Williams on a 10-yard touchdown run. And the Packers are right back in it. Rodgers shotgun. Slot right, slot left for the two-point conversion. Snap to Rodgers. Has some time. Rolls it over the middle. Devontae Adams has it. Two-point conversion. And we are tied at 14 apiece. Third and one. Snap to Cohen. Takes a handoff. Fumbles it. It's up for grabs. And I believe Green Bay's got it. More arrogance by Matt Nagy. A trick play. Oh, all the tricks in the world. And they're foiling the Bears now. Dean Lowry makes the fumble recovery. Second down, a little bit less than six yards to go. They spot it. Just beyond the 44-yard line of Green Bay. Snap Rogers looking left. Throws it to Adams on the slant. He's got it inside the 40. Breaks a tackle down to the 35. And has tumbled down through the hash marks on the right side at the 33-yard line of Chicago. Fourth down and six at the Green Bay 45. Rodgers long count the line. Takes the snap. Back pedals. Steps up Floyd. Eludes Floyd on the pass rush. Throws the middle. He's got Devontae cutting right inside the 35. Down near the 31-yard line of Chicago. Brought down to the 30-yard line. Numbered by Adrian Amos, the safety.